Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Hiring the right people for your company. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. On the podcast today, Dr. Renji Nair. He's a leadership, people, and talent management expert, executive coach, facilitator, educator, speaker, and author. He is also well-versed in multiple cultures, languages, and industry expertise. Recently published his first book, Potluck Culture, Five Strategies to Engage the Modern Workplace. Renji helps companies and their leaders build winning, high-performing people, teams, and cultures. Renji, great to have you on the podcast again today. Thanks, Dale. Happy to be here. So uh, tell us a little bit about that, uh, your background, multiple cultures, languages, and industry expertise. Break that down. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Hong Kong. I lived in Hong Kong for 19 years. I came to the U.S. about 35 years ago. Now you know how old I am. And uh, I, uh, uh, I speak Cantonese, I speak Mandarin. We learn French in schools, so I, I have five years of French, so I'm, I'm pretty fluent in French. I speak English, of course, but I'm Indian by ethnicity, so I speak our native language, Malayalam, and our uh, uh, country language, which is Hindi. So that's six languages. Uh, I have spent the last 25 years uh, primarily working in large global companies. Some of the companies I work for include Bank of America, Honeywell, Beckton Dickinson, Price, Price, Price uh, Waterhouse Coopers, and uh, Arthur Anderson. I, uh, um, you know, I spend most of my time helping companies build winning, high-performing cultures, helping them get a sense of what talent management is, and building a talent strategy where the people are aligned to the strategic outcomes of the company. Hmm. So our topic today, hiring the right people for your company. And I I immediately, like I'm guessing most of our listeners uh, go to a Jim Jim Collins, get the right people on the right seat in the right bus. And there has been so much written about this, uh, so many conversations about this, probably so many podcasts about this idea of, the right people, and and with that body of knowledge that we have at our disposal, why do companies still get this wrong? That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, you're right. So many good books and articles and resources written around getting the right people in the right jobs at the right time, but the stakes are different now. The challenges are are unprecedented. You've got the millennials who are now in the workforce and will form. of the workforces around the world by the year 2020, just four years from now, they bring a different mindset to the workplace, a different set of expectations. Um, There is a, uh, there's still a need to identify and sift through the myriad of resumes, the myriad of uh, um, experiences and the glorified uh, process of um, that employees put in to make themselves look beautiful to that suitor. It is it is hard. It is not easy to look through the beauty contest and identify the right person, not just for that job that they're applying for, but the right fit for the company's culture and the right fit for the industry that the company is in. So when we talk about fit and the right person, it isn't just for the job. It's also for the company, the industry, and the 
the point in the life cycle that that company is in. So if the company is in a high growth, um, just going out like gangbusters, making money, they're going to need people who are in that same vein. If the company is going through a decline, you might be looking for employees who are more, who are experienced, who are mature, who can help you stop the free fall and then reinvent your company. So the skill sets, the uh, leadership mindset, and the uh, executive presence, if you will, may be different. So it most the reason to answer your question why this is still an open question and companies still haven't got it right, number one, the stakes are high, but number two is the, uh, the, the focus was always on the job. There's so many other dimensions to ensure there's a fit. It is the job and much more. And so this complex problem that we're faced with, I heard you say a few things. Um, number one, the, the employee is trying to put their prettiest face forward in this mm -hmm. process. So uh, there's, there's two dancing this game and, and creating the challenge that we see. The, uh, the, the company is more focused on the job, the position, rather than the person. And uh, where does the interview piece come into this? this challenge of getting the right person? It's a really important part of the interview process, uh, assuming that we have identified or shortlisted the few individuals that fit not just the job, but also the company and the culture and so on. Then you, be, then you have the interview process. I think there's a lot of opportunities for improvement to, in the ways companies conduct interviews. Uh, for example, they today typically they select a team of interviewers, but the interviewers don't necessarily have specific marching orders. For, for example, if there's a, a, a group of five individuals who form the interview team, each of those five individuals should have specific differing roles in the interview process. Too often we're asked to interview someone, but there's no guidance beyond that. So we use our own free form in terms of interviewing the person. If we could shift that thinking to specific roles that the interviewers play, then I think we'll be able to discern uh, in a much more quantitative and qualitative manner who the right fit is. For example, uh, one person could look at uh, what that individual's uh, ability to dialogue, ability to converse. Another person could look at the fit for the job. Yet another person could look at the fit for the culture. Another person could be asking the person some of the more uh, psychometric type of questions, situational leadership questions, what would they do in a certain situation, and so on. And finally, the fifth person might just be there to answer questions. So each interviewer should have a specific role. And at the end of the interview process, the five should get together, converse about what they heard and what their observations both quantitative and qualitative are, and then make an assessment. I'm thinking back as as a manager, as a leader, to the interviews that I've conducted, and what you just laid out makes so much sense, and I wish I would have heard it sooner because I've brought numerous people into the interview process, um, but when when you're just basically given the, the plate and say, here, go ahead and ask the questions you want, or here's a set of questions, uh, you're... It, 
t- people tend to be scattered. Right. Not only that, Dale, they, they tend to have biases too. If you have someone who has similar backgrounds to you, you could have something like the halo halo effect, which mm-hmm. is a term for if someone you're endeared to someone, let's say you're both San Francisco 49er fans, you might have a halo effect and say, I'm going to hire that person regardless. Or you might have someone who graduated from the same university or someone with the same type of background, same town, same hometown, and so on. You, you tend to put a halo on that interview candidate and put them in a higher esteem or higher pedestal than they need to be. So we need to take, take as many biases out of the interview process. And one way to do that is to separate the role of the interviewer. That's a huge, huge piece right there and in and of itself. So important. So give us some other ways that we can create a really great place to work that attracts these high quality people. Another very important step is, and I've made this mistake many times. I know many of our listeners may have as well. Uh, that is when we look at a job, Sometimes we borrow a, a, an old job description or we steal it from the internet and then we uh, change the title in, with our company name and our title but leave the, the verbiage the same. I think that's a huge mistake that needs that need to be stopped. A job description should be written right out of a blank piece of paper. In other words, job benchmarking needs to happen to determine four things for that job. So th- this is a, te- a term that is used often by the Price Associates t- uh, team, job benchmarking. Define that for us really quick. Yeah. Job benchmarking is doing a quantitative and qualitative assessment to determine what superior performance looks like for a job. Imagine if a robot is doing that job. How, what is the type of performance you want out of that robot? So you look at defining the job without regard to any human being, just identify what the job looks like and what superior performance will look like in that job. Okay, so from there, how From there, we look at four things. First is, what are the behaviors we expect out of this job? So things like, do you want someone in the job who's very social and likes to work with people? Do you want someone who's more commanding and likes... Uh, to, to run the show? Do you want someone who is more in tune with rules and regulations? Do you want someone who's more uh, creative and uh, conceptual in their thinking? So the behavioral assessment needs to be assessed first for the job. The second thing we look for is what are the motivators for that job? So motivators are things like, is the job a job that's motivated by money? Uh, some kind of a return on investment is the job uh, motivated by just working with other people is the job uh, motivated by someone who likes process and regulations is the job motivated by someone who is uh, who likes to learn just just the fact that it's a job uh, about learning so there are there are specific motivators that we need to identify for that job the third is we look at do we want someone in that job who honors and respects people and wants to work with people or do they like to work independently? Do they want someone who is very self-assured and self-confident in who they are and someone who views the world as a vehicle for them to succeed? In other words, what is the acumen for that job? And finally, we look at specific skills or competencies for the job. Things like um, 
presentation skills, uh, written and oral communications, uh, negotiating, persuading, selling, customer service, um, personal accountability, decision making. Are those skills necessary for the job and to what degree? So again, we look at how someone behaves in a job, the behaviors, why someone does what they do, motivators for that job. Can someone do something in a job with regard to people and the world that they work in? And finally, what are the skills needed for that job? We haven't even looked at any human being. We just look at the job and let the job tell us what it needs. Let the job tell you what it needs. Exactly. And uh, so you, you're you working with all of these companies, and you've worked in so many companies. You've got this body of knowledge. How often do you go into a new client and see that they're letting the job speak for itself and tell the hire, those hiring what it needs as far as the person? Unfortunately, I don't see it enough. And, and as a former human resources leader, I too have made those mistakes. Uh, had I known about these scientific assessment tools that look at things like motivators and behaviors and so on, uh, for example, there's a company out there called Target Training International, TTI. Uh, TTI Success Insights is the name of the company. And they have a set of vehicles or, or assessment tools that looks at these things. But most companies don't do that. They're so focused on getting the fit as quickly as possible, and finishing the interview process so that they fill someone in that role so that that role is not left empty, they, they're too focused on that. I think if organizations took more time up front doing the assessments, let the job tell, it what, tell them what they need in the job, they will have a much better time down the road and less headaches down the road because they will have found the right fit for the job as they apply that same thought process in the interview process for real human beings. So now I want to take this full course. And uh, we've talked about the fact that you're in with, with these clients. When you go in and you let the job speak for itself and what it needs, and then you use the assessments to find the right people for the position, what are the outcomes? What are, what are those tangible outcomes that you see that will have listeners sit back and say, okay, we're going to move beyond that sounds good, that sounds utopian, but I've got to do this because it means a better bottom line for my company. Yeah. Well, we have to first make sure that the candidates themselves are taking the same assessment that we used to determine what the job is. Mm -hmm. Then we'll be able to identify and rank who the best fit is for the job. You know, Johnny might be 95% fit for the job. Susie might be 100% fit for the job, whereas Tony might be only 50% fit for the job. So now you can easily, easily. But I like rank Tony them. better. Yeah, you, that, he, he's the he's the uh, San Francisco fan. That's right. That's the problem. Sometimes we t we often look at liking someone and then hiring them based on the fact that we like them, not for the fit for the job and for the company culture. That's the mistake that we often make. That's the mistake a lot of the books that have been written about fit and good is great and so on. They, they, they eliminate that part or omit that part. We have to first align the job to the person. And then what we see out of that is improved um, engagement because we'll have someone who's fit, fitting the job. We have uh, lower turnover. We see much less turnover in the job. 
We have better relationships between manager and employee. We have someone who fits the job so well that they do their jobs with the highest level of performance, performance, which ha- leads to company performance. And finally, the most important element is that if someone fits the job really well, then they'll be able to help the customer, the paying customer, be satisfied. These uh, attributes all roll up eventually to why the company does business and who they're doing business for, the customers. You'll see delighted customers if your employees are doing the right things and are in the right job and they're constantly moving from job to job, but each time it's the right job. So help me understand uh, something. You've, You've said that now more than ever, these types of conversations, these dialogues are important. Um, and you can say that uh, in our unemployment rates in most of the country are, are pretty low. Uh, so folks, businesses are competing more and more uh, for good employees, for the right employee. But really, how high are the stakes in this situation? If you make the wrong hire, Dale, um, not only are you going to feel the repercussions of that poor or wrong hire down the road as the individual does poorly in that job, but they, they become apathetic, they become uh, negative, and, they, and that negativity rubs off on other people. Turns into a cancer. It turns into a cancer in the organization. And over time, this could be dr- dramatically drastic for the company. And um, uh, why the stakes are even higher today is we've got... Um, so many talented people out there and we make mistakes in hiring. We want to make sure that that best talent out there is working for us. Too often we hear the term, uh, you know, HR throws out, uh, we want to retain and hire the best. Well, of course we want to do that, but there's so many talented talented people out there. How do we know which ones of those individuals are right for us? Doing it scientifically, doing it purposefully, and putting some rigor into the interviewing process will save you a lot of money and non-financial gain as well. Dr. Renji Nair, the book is Potluck Culture, Five Strategies to Engage the Modern Workforce. Dr. Nair is also part of the Price Associates team uh, delivering the Complete Leader Program. Any parting words for us today? I think another thing that's important to know, Dale, is that Um, when a company makes an incorrect hire uh, and that person eventually leaves the company, let's say in less than a year or less than two years, that the the individual walks away saying bad things about your company. You know, they leave with a bad taste in their mouth. Mm. And that actually hurts your brand. Don't you want people to leave your company gracefully and rally for you and support you even though they don't work for you anymore? That's the kind of employee I want. If you don't have the right fit, first the first step is don't hire them. You're doing them a favor and doing yourself a favor. But if you do make the, the wrong fit or the wrong hire, then gracefully exiting them so that they rally f- for you and cheer you on as a non-employee makes all the sense in the world. This is about brand. This is about being relevant in the workplace. And getting good talent later on. Because I'll tell you what, if you haven't yet been to the website, Glassdoor, go take a look at it, employers. Uh, because it's it's a customer review site for employees to go out and write about their experience with a business. 
And it's one of the first places that job seekers go to determine if they want to work for a business. They're going to see what the other employees and past employees are saying. There are no secrets in this world. It's all online. That's right. It's no more uh, what stays in, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No Not more. Not a chance. Not a chance. Dr. Engineer, once again, the book Potluck Culture, Five Strategies to Engage the Modern Workplace, part of the Price Leadership Team. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader, please rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast while you are there. Leave a review to help us show up higher in the search results. We would appreciate that. Uh, we've got one more conversation with uh, Dr. Nair coming up in about a week. We're going to be talking about enhancing your managerial prowess in this new world. And until then, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 